five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Pwn podcast. This is Chris at Light Force. Happens to be the voice of your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans, joined virtually by Omni at Omni Stripe, as well as Sam at another Sam Chan. Hopefully, I said Pwn right. <laughs> Pretty right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who are listening to this podcast and you're a little bit curious, why the heck would I lead off with that? Uh, I protect the podcast as if it was like baby force. I'm, I'm, you know, I get a little protective. And uh, someone in Titans Corn hits towards it said that uh, we mispronounce Pwn. We said like Poon or something like that. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure if there's been one person who has been consistent in saying Pwn, it's me. In fact, like I've created tweets using like the actual vernacular. I've gone and I've corrected people on air. And yet the feedback was, we don't say it right, therefore we're irritating, you can't tune in. Sorry, we're foreigners. Boy, did that cause me to flip a table. Yeah, we're we're off to a great start today. (laughs) You know, in fairness, it has been a slow week. Like, I actually thought last week, oh, things are starting to turn around, we're going to get more news, Uh, the Vancouver Titans are going to become more active, all that awesome stuff that Alfred shared. Uh, and if you haven't seen the picture of Alfred uh, in uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, you need to go and check out the uh, the audiogram. Some of your fine work. Yeah. Some podcasters I, I, just want to watch the world burn. Exactly. I can't take all the credit. That that's got to go to was it Schmidtstorm who said, "Drop a picture of Alfred" or okay. something along those lines. Something like that. In fairness, uh, Alfred DeVero, the Vancouver Titans, opened up the door by saying, oh, I don't have a profile picture, just use a Titans logo. I couldn't use a Titans logo, I'd do something different. Anyhow, uh, what are we going to talk about this episode? Well, as we mentioned, not a whole lot's going on in the world of the Vancouver Titans, so we will tell you a little bit that went on about the Titans outside of their world, uh, as well as a partnership which may play into the potential future of the league. Talk a little bit about that on there. And then in the fray, we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about all this news that broke the day after we released an episode, which tends to be the norm. If you want to see all the greatest breaking news about the Overwatch League, it's essentially Wednesday or Wednesday afternoon when it all comes down the pipeline, because I think the league knows we record on Tuesday and wants to just take the screws to us. Our listeners listening on Wednesday probably now going nuts about hero bands announced or something like that. <laughs> Who knows? Well, and, and you know, we, we make light of this, but when the news started breaking last week, it's now gone to the point that people in Titans Court, and I think even Tristan uh, might have uh, said, oh my goodness, like, you know, RSP. And then Maddie was giving us some heat. You know, we need to change the days we record. doesn't matter. If we change the days we record, the news cycle will just shift an additional day. We can't win. But uh, let's bother you no more and uh, jump straight into the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. The thing that got me probably not as triggered as others, but a little bit curious was Plat Chat. 
Um, for those who listen to our podcast who don't know what Plat Chat is, uh, Plat Chat is essentially like a, a podcast style sort of, you know, uh, YouTube show. Uh, Sideshow is essentially the, the guy who's sort of owning it now, but uh, uh, him, Custa, and... Um, Reinforce. Reinforce, thank you. Uh, we're going through the entire... Uh, team roster and ranking teams and the Vancouver Titans were the last team that needed to rank. Now, when they were going through the whiteboard and, and putting teams on the board, the only spot that they had left going into the Vancouver Titans segment was third, which arguably I think people would say, yeah, okay, I could see that. I mean, there are some that still feel the Vancouver Titans are, are, are top tier, you know, first, maybe second of the shock. There's others that might suggest maybe a little bit lower but they had a third spot and they kick off by saying, there's no way the Vancouver Titans are third. And then they started providing all of the reasons of which you've heard us talk about some of the similar <laughs> question marks on this very podcast. And we're pretty favorable to the Vancouver Titans, but Platt chat has the Vancouver Titans at seven and people were just going completely bonkers. How is it that Platt chat can have the Titans at seven? Did they get this one wrong? Or are they simply a providing a position based on a variety of questions that we don't, I don't think, as a, as a group here, disagree with, but maybe they're putting far too much weight to the unknown and completely ignoring the known, which is the roster that we saw for the most part last season. Yeah, no, they... I followed their little uh, ranking show and, and it honestly had a lot of bad takes there. Some, some of them were good, but this is probably the, the most egregious one. Like Titans at seven. Come on, come on. I mean, we've been criticizing them a lot during this offseason and we didn't like how we didn't bolster our weaknesses and all that. And, and, and they reflected that. But seventh, I'm, I'm not surprised, to be honest, because these so-called experts, it took them ages to swallow that pill that Vancouver is actually an elite team even like last season. And, and they could actually be better than the holy of hol holiest of holies in NYXL. So it's not really new news for, for me. It's more like old news, but I'm starting to get really, really tired of it. And while I do agree that most of their arguments are like are, are, are true, you just can't have teams like Shanghai or... Philly Fusion or the freaking uh, Guangzhou Charge. I think they ranked them fourth or something like that above a team that has a top three flex support in the league, top three flex DPS in the league, a top three off tank in the league, and a top three main support in the league. Something that none of these teams have in more than not even one spot in their lineup. And if they do, it's one at best. So take that weak crap out of my face before i like flip a table here uh, virtually obviously <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that's so that, ridiculous to, to me to clarify the rankings because you're interested uh plat chat has in number one san fran number two new york uh excelsior uh three is the atlanta rain which even to them seemed odd uh number four was shanghai dragons number five was the philadelphia fusion number six was the guangzhou charge and then at number seven uh you had the vancouver titans custom was actually trying to put the Titans below the gladiators and, and reinforce inside. show said, uh, uh, no way. <laughs> the, yeah, well, I mean, gladiators, they, ha they have a backup main tank. They have LH cloudy, which obviously puts them above us. Right. Uh, do I have to get the, uh, the, the beep sound, uh, queued up. Ooh, like a little I, I thought I'd me. go there, but you know what? I, I, I'm just, it, it's not even <laughs> worth it. It's so stupid. 
Well, to be more more reasonable, I mean, when you're creating how how many episodes have they milked off these rankings? Well, probably as many as range? that we milked as... off during the off season trying to talk about the Titans. <laughs> so one, one per team. I mean, you. In some ways, I feel for them. You have to exaggerate. You have to not stretch. I, the I truth, don't. But I don't. But but they're they're looking for clicks, guys, and and you got them in spades. Um, it starts with the title and 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 them saying like I don't think they actually ever said the sentence like the Titans made the worst moves in in the league, but that was on their title. And hey, if you're you want to tilt somebody, it worked. Um, but like the stuff they were saying on, like, I, I remember this is what, four, three months ago when we were kind of speculating free agency and we were talking about Ruji Hong and, and it was kind of like a, a tale of passion versus a tale of logic and logic dictates. We already have like a flex support that does this exact same positions and does the exact same stuff. So that being our kind of, uh, you know, all world signing, like, yeah, there's, there's definite question marks there. Right. And I don't, I don't really want to rehash all that. And, but, but at the end of the day, like, I think they were looking for, for, for some controversy because they've done this. Like, uh, and, and, and I, I don't watch all of them. Do they do it all at once and it's split up into clips or are they yeah. actually like going back? And- <laughs> yeah. So, what they did, they sat in a room for like, uh, I think eight hours or something like that. And then they just split it up to bits and pieces and, and put up, uh, the videos uh, one team at a time, so it got kind of outdated and all that, and then uh, rosters changed as they went. But still, like, see, I, I get their arguments, and I agree with a lot of what they said and what you're saying here. But I don't see how you can justify a team like Dragons or, or Dynasty or Charge being above us. So that's, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I I use the you know I traditional. Yeah, sorry. I have no problems with people like saying the shock are better Excelsior. Maybe uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to vocalize the stretch there, which is insane. But <laughs> you're leaking our you're leaking our uh, our rankings cast. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from that. <laughs> so what I was going to use as a definition in the traditional sports side is that you often see this this same. The team on paper is good, but and then questions are asked. And all of these questions are based on, you need, like, what if this happens? What if this happens? And then there's the scenario, and this needs to happen, and this needs yeah. to happen. But on paper now, is all we have right now. Well, correct, because that also is quite consistent with the world of traditional sports. Yeah. The problem that I see here with some of these rankings is that teams are being ranked on paper. So you've got, hey, on paper, a really good team. And then we're going to use the but this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And they're used as negatives. So instead of being uh, positioned in such a way that it's this, this, and this, it's, it's being positioned as, Oh, it's a takeaway, takeaway more often or not. It, it, I find it's more to fit a narrative. The Vancouver Titans are the bad boys of the Overwatch League. That was the, you know, narrative that was established early last year. I think the Titans as a roster embraced it. I don't know if the organization truly embraced it. It's very difficult for us to tell, but the roster definitely embraced it. And it generated commentary. That's that's ultimately what the Overwatch League wants. They want people talking. Uh, the Vancouver Titans are on board with people talking. And I think we're now sort of seeing this go into the subsequent season. 
Uh, Fisher. Yeah, I think it, it, as a as a signing, there's like questions there. We don't exactly know everything that went on in the inside. Uh, as much as people will go and say, oh, this is what he's done. This is what he's done. Yeah. Who has actually sat down and connected and said, oh, yeah, totally. This is what's done. Everything is based on hearsay. Or I knew a guy or Reddit said this. And that's not to suggest there might be that there isn't validity to some of what's said, but it's, it, none of it's a primary source. I personally think the Vancouver Titans have created a, a structure where if some of that is true, where Fisher wants to play, where he wants to be the main tag, wants to have the spotlight, well, quite frankly, the Vancouver Titans have created a situation where he's the only main tank. So he's going to get that. Uh, you know, Ruji Hong, that's signing. I think it had more to do with the, the partnership uh, perspective, not so much looking to maybe create the depth, especially when you have, uh, you know, uh, likes as Twilight and, and Slime already on the roster. But how is that a bad thing? Like, I, I when watching Platt Chats, like, oh, they brought in RGH and he's, you know, washed up. I mean, I'm paraphrasing to the extreme. But does that mean that Slime and Twilight are worse because of it? Like, that's where I started finding the the math not to add up. I'm not so much against the idea that it is, there's potential that the Vancouver Titans could finish seventh. There's too many questions for me to go and start specifically saying this number, but I think, you know, on a balance of probabilities, I could see the Vancouver Titans in the top three, no problem. Top five, no problem. And I think there are other uh, podcasters out there uh, who would probably argue that fifth is probably the lowest that the Vancouver Titans could finish, but then all of us could be proven wrong. And the Vancouver Titans could like, Defiant it up. Hopefully not. Well, that, that's what that's what's fascinating, right? Like the rankings have have for me anyway always just been a fun thing. That's why I had Soul Dynasty at second, just so we'd have something to talk about. Um, I no, will not have Soul mean, Dynasty at second this year. You didn't use science last year? Uh, no, Sarah. I'm more of an art student. Um, <laughs> but but like that that's the thing, right? Like I it really fascinating. This is cross sport. Like how much rankings upset fan bases? Like the only thing that's guaranteed is that the rankings will be wrong. Yeah. Right. So, so like we, like, I don't know. I think we're going to have a couple of fun, a couple of fun elements. And this is a couple of weeks from now, but, but it's, it's really all it is, is, you know, get us hyped for the season, um, get us tilted for the season. And if, you know, by all means, if Hoxell wants to watch plat chat and, see this as a chip on his shoulders to prove him wrong like go right ahead man i wonder where the titans will fall when we uh, release our our rankings episode which is coming up you'll you'll get to hear it sooner uh, sooner than later but mm -hmm. uh, you know could we could we not be drinking the kool-aid who knows you have to tune in um enough of plat chat I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the business side of the organization. So this news broke uh, shortly after we published our episode. The Vancouver Titans signed a multi-year partnership uh, with, I think it's Arazi. I don't know how to pronounce it, Arazi or Arazi. Arazi. Um, Arazi, yeah. They, they produce gaming chairs and desks. Now, you might think, okay, why is that uh, a big deal? Well, first and foremost, it's nice to have partnerships. But the thing that struck me is the focus on a multi-year partnership. Multi-year leads me to believe that, one, Arazi is, is coming in and, and signing because they want 
that particular deal, but they're confident enough that the Vancouver Titans as a team and an organization will be around for more than one year. This takes me to the road of Overwatch League as a whole, and could this now start to be the indication that we're going to be almost guaranteed to have a season four of some form? Whether it's like anything we've seen in season three or seasons one and two, we don't know. But the multi-year part, I found interesting. It's a sign of confidence between you know two organizations who obviously sat down, crunched the numbers, and said, let's make a deal. Hey, hats off to the to the the accounting team or accounts team that made it happen. So if they can sell that confidence, uh, my hats off to them. It's a good deal to have. Uh, something I'm not getting though. Like it's great to have for their uh, crib here in Vancouver, but are they going to like you haul those chairs and desks across the world <laughs> during travel? Because if you sign well, like a partnership deal with like gear, like. Um, with my the, keyboards, it's much easier to. Uh, well, Overwatch League has has their own deal, right. so anything that's that's probably league presentation is whatever the league you know chair deal is. I can't remember what the company was, name was. Um, anything within Titans content, like the team house, that's going to open some eyes. Uh, that you know, as offered alluded to, that's where you're going to see the uh, Arazi chairs and, mm-hmm. and game desks and um, their and their favorite uh, Titans podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll spend five minutes every episode talking about chairs. Hint, yeah. hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, you know, Sam, yeah. make it happen. No, probably like from next year on, instead of uh, collecting cups, we're going to collect gaming chairs with uh, our favorite players. <laughs> Co- collecting gaming chairs? Where yeah, do you like live? One for each uh, player on the roster. Luckily, we don't have many, so at least that's good. I can fit us. four chairs in my room. <laughs> I, I can barely fit the gaming chair I currently have in, in this room, and oh. I'm not entirely sure I can collect the entire team. Well, you don't have to use the room. You just can, you know, store the chairs. <laughs> just keep it in its box. Those would appreciate as hell. So <laughs> don't, don't build it. Just keep it in the box. Yeah. yeah. You know, and actually, and then we can use it for marketing. Like, hey, do you want to win one of those chairs? Make sure you tune in to the entire episode where we tell you how. And then at the end, yeah, you can go to yeah. Razzi and buy it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got you to gotta tag them in the release of that episode. Exactly. Episode. As far as other Titans news to share, got nothing. It was very quiet. And I, I am still kind of wondering if maybe they're like, is it like they're, the the dam is holding everything back and then it'll just burst and will be flooded? You know, we're seeing some engagement through social media, which is good. But we're not really getting much news of anything else. Uh, in Titans Core, the Ask Titan Stat channel has been pretty light. Uh, in fact, Sam, I think you've been more active in that channel than uh, Titan staff. Though in I'll fairness, some of the questions that are being asked, I don't <laughs> think you'll ever get an answer uh, from the Titans on. What did um, I miss there? You yeah. gotta go into Titan Squad more often. Oh. Not much, just speculation <laughs> and whatnot, and okay, keyboard redditors, so on and so forth. Yeah. But uh, the what? Discorders, not redditors. Yeah. Discorders. Well, well, yeah, but then there's the redditors who spur the discorders. <laughs> then you have the Twitterers like me, and you know the TikTokers, and 
mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, but uh, with anything else that might come down to the pipeline, just make sure you tune in to us on social. We'll ensure that we share it. Uh, I can assure you each and every day I go through a process trying to scrape as much information as I can together to ensure that you get it from us first, because ain't no way we ain't the premier source of the Vancouver Titans unless we are actually the premier source of the Vancouver Titans. Well, we'll take a quick break here before uh, going straight into the fray. Last week, the Vancouver Titans and pretty much every other team within the league decided to go and coo at each other, which at first got people wondering what the heck was going on. One person then said, oh my God, seagull's making a return because apparently the image of a pigeon is equivalent to that of a seagull. I mean, it was quite clearly a pigeon, but every team was doing it. Not everybody gets gets to live by the coast and see them uh, daily. Um, so there was that. And then uh, after a little digging took place, uh, it was determined because the partner that the Overwatch League had partnered with had already essentially leaked the details through their own social media channels. Uh, but uh, the Overwatch League has partnered with uh, Stable Design uh, to create new jerseys. And the whole uh, pigeon thing and the cooing was, I think, a concerted effort to get people talking, which it sure did. Uh, and then the following day, we saw the the introduction of these jerseys. Now, the jerseys, if you have not seen them, are are what I would call very clean. I, I don't want to say basic because they're they're not sort of your your standard sort of basic style jersey. Um, they're more akin to I think what we see in sort of a rugby style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 clean colors so you see the team color represent and then you have the actual name of the team sort of uh in in the middle bar uh and then from there there's also going to be other gear that's going to be released uh so they're going with the the full team kit one of the things we saw sort of last season the season before is that the players would come out wearing their jersey and then they might have like you know under armor underneath well now they're going to have you know full-on uh uh full arms and, and everything else Team sleeves. Branded. Yeah. Yeah, Some I'm sorry. Nice, Old nice sleeves there. And the pants also are different for each uh, team. We, we have pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, they, they just shown, like, a, a bunch of teams, not all of them yet, right? Yeah, so they yeah. did a photo shoot yeah. with, with some players and some other folks. Some, uh, um, today it got released. They did something with Danny Lim wearing the the or by today, I mean Tuesday. Um, so by tomorrow, it's old news when you guys are listening to this. They did Danny then when in the Titans gear. Um, so there's the kind of leaks. So the, so the jerseys have like a side pocket, uh, not a pocket, a side zipper that kind of like, you know, stretches out depending on how much uh, waste room you like. Um, and then it reveals the the little Titan oh, logo. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like I, it's very hard to describe audially. Um, Wait, but, but it's just worth checking out. It's just like Danny Lim, you said? No, Danny uh, Lim. Didn't the, they uh, retweet it? I thought, yeah. I uh, yeah. It. Weird. Uh, it's if you if you follow uh, Jeff Staples Instagram, which is who's the founder mm-hmm. of Staple. 
Um, you can say it. So it's it's looking pretty positive. The quality from photos, photos can deceive, uh, as we all well know. But but it looks pretty cool, and I think I'm looking forward to how distribution is going to work because I think one of the big failures is just like not enough people like wore the gear. So if you guys are trying to grow as a league, grow as a brand, both from a league perspective and individually as a team, like there was just no, there was very, very little representation. And with the deal with fanatics, like even teams were struggling to get people like us gear. Um, so it's, it's a positive thing from my perspective. A lot of people are asking like, who is staple staples, a, a streetwear brand. They started in the early two thousands. Um, Jeff Staple, the founder, has gone kind of way back. Um, and before streetwear, it's really about skateboard wear. Um, but but Jeff Staple and their brand is kind of, and this is where I go into culture and sneaker history. Um, in 2005, they released a, a collaboration, a shoe with in collaboration with Nike. Um, and that actually caused riots in New York. So, so that was like one of the first days that sneaker culture created like, front page news in the New York times and everybody else is because people are riding over buying the shoes. Um, so there's your, your flashback for those of you who are wondering, Oh, I've never heard of staple. Who are they? What do they do? They've been around for about 15 years and they're well regarded in the, in the kind of streetwear fashion industry. Hmm. Now, the other question people might be asking is, Oh, does this mean no more fanatics? Nope. Uh, fanatics is still there think of fanatics as like the place that everything has to pass through before it comes to your home they're like the distributor and ultimately while you know staple design is involved in producing these jerseys that's no different than the jerseys last year that were being you know produced by into the am uh, mm -hmm. but then you know they're whatever like type printed by the fanatics pipeline, or their pipeline of distribution yeah mm -hmm. and then you know so you can arguably still have a chance to get yourself an exclusive Soman So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sewer pipe. Oops. Did I say that? No. Yeah, from, uh, <laughs> from fanatics. Um, but they, I, I agree with what Sam had said. They do look, they look good. The quality seems to, to be present and that is aligned with sort of what we had heard Manthony Morocco talking about. As far as pricing, we don't have a clue yet but I would not hold your breath that the pricing will be all that reasonable. Uh, the call of duty league jerseys are coming in for us here in Canada, uh, coming from the United States with taxes, duty shipping, uh, and exchange, uh, just over $150, not an affordable price. That's, that's uh, not to suggest it's not, <laughs> it's not a price that sort of lines up with other sort of jerseys out there. But if us here at Team RSP were to go and get our own jersey done, I can assure you, you would not be spending $150 Canadian on it unless you wanted to get like two of them. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably have the correct colors too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't, I don't mind that. Like as long as, I, because me, for example, and I know a lot of uh, people were like me last year where we, wanted to you know invest some money even like good money into buying that gear because like, how many jerseys do you really need I'd, i would buy one and i would cherish it and wear it and take it to you know watch parties but i just couldn't i just couldn't if it were the same quality the same colors of what the team wore definitely i'd pay 150 bucks I, I don't mind it's for an entire year for sure um for some people that might be like too much but 
I guess there's a lot of people out there that if it's for like a team you love, and it's not different from what you see in uh, in you know traditional sports. But I just want the good quality. I'm not. I will pay for it, but not for. I'm still waiting for the jerseys. It's such an uh, easy win. <laughs> just charge thirty bucks for a screen print T-shirt. Slap the Titans logo on it. Slap the Shock logo on it. Make it black. Doesn't matter. People will buy it. People will wear it. Have Stitch on the back. Have hacks on the had, back. It's so easy. But would you buy it if it was like printed offset, not really centered in the middle? Because they had those too. It's yeah, they, really not that hard. Instead of Stitch, it's Switch. Apparently, it's, it really is. Uh, anyhow, uh, look for more information about the the new jerseys and the new gear. Probably going to be coming out, uh, you know, moments after you listen to this episode. Uh, other things that have uh, you know come to light uh, since that last episode. If you happen to attend a homestand uh, and watch a home match uh, in the uh, 2020 season, you will acquire uh, team sprays, exclusive team sprays. Now, this I think it's cool. It's giving you as someone who attends, you know, something digital in game to sort of showcase that, hey, I was there. But what does confuse me somewhat is how they've approached this. So when you go and you attend a a homestand weekend, uh, and it doesn't matter which of the two for the Vancouver Titans you attend, but when the Vancouver Titans play here in Vancouver, you are going to acquire the team sprays of the Atlanta Rain, San Francisco Shocks, London Spitfire, Paris Eternal, LA Valiant, Toronto Defiant, Boston Uprising, the Titans, the LA Gladiators, and the Chengdu Hunters, what is known as Team Sprays Batch 2. <laughs> you don't get any of those Team Sprays Batch 1 unless you attend one of their homestands. Hmm. So now, I got to go to like Shanghai or whatever. <laughs> this, and this is the thing that doesn't sort of line up is like you look at sort of how they've, they've broken the Team Sprays and maybe there's someone listening to our podcast who is smarter than the three of us at identifying how they came up with Batch 1 and Batch 2. And maybe, maybe it's timing. I, I don't know, but it, it's not regional because you in, in batch two we've got the Chengdu Hunters. Batch one they've got the Shanghai Dragons, so it's not regional. Uh, it, it it maybe it is timing. Maybe it's like when the homestands are happening. So batch one is the first few, and batch two are the, the last. Yeah, again, I I don't know. But if let's say Sam, you want to get the Soul Dynasty, you need to go to a homestand in either New York, Dallas, Shanghai, Philly, Guangzhou, Washington, Hangzhou. Houston, Seoul, or Florida. It seems like a good RSP business expense. Yeah. yeah Just the send RSP the bill to Omni, our, our treasurer. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, the the premise behind it is cool. I, I actually think it's it's a neat way to recognize the, the people who do show up. I would have thought that they would have created some form of mechanism that you got the team sprays for the teams that were actually playing mm-hmm. at the homestand. Um, not so much like all of them in the batch, but hey, you know, what do I know? I'm sure there's a, a valid reason that they've doesn't, doesn't each team get at least two homestands. They do, but that's the thing is whether you go to homestand one or homestand two, or for the teams that have more three or four, you get that batch. <laughs> so let's say <laughs> us, we're going to be at the first homestand. And I would imagine we'll be at the second homestand by going to the first homestand. We get the team sprays by going to the second homestand. Uh, we get a thumbs up and a high five. Solid. Interesting. Duplicate we'll, box. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another, another, you know, set of codes and we can like contest them off on the, the podcast or something like that. Hmm. 
Anyhow, I mean, there, there could be more to this. I mean, the, the Overwatch League has said that uh, uh, the home teams will provide additional details about how to claim sprays via codes at their venues. Hmm. So that's something to know. Uh, also, if you happen to uh, tune in uh, to uh, the uh, Overwatch League uh, the first week of February, you can go and pick up a Brigida goat skin for the cool, cool price of some Overwatch League tokens, of which a number we're not entirely sure of. Though I'm going to presume it's going to be the standard uh, uh, token rate. Now, the skin, I think, is kind of cool. And what they're doing with the goat skin is they're just focusing on the fact that, you know, Brigida was in the meta when Goats was the meta, and Brigida is no longer in the game since uh, Goats is no longer possible. It's a commemorative statue. Pretty, yeah. Except digitally, and one that you can wear while playing in the game yourself. Uh, so that Brigida Goat skin will become available on February 6th. Yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. You got any other examples? Uh, I think Winston has like a divey uh, skin, right? The Frogston, <laughs> it's called. <laughs> I was um, just thinking that. Yeah, what could be another good skin? Maybe um, make a cigarette-themed Bastion skin because it gives you, uh, well, you know. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> Yeah, this podcast is going PG and trending towards... Uh, hey, it's uh, health awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, other thing that we know about uh, the Overwatch League is that they will be on the current patch, patch 1.44. Uh, so 1.44, and this is something we talked about in the last episode, so it should not be a shock to anyone, uh, is what the players have been uh, likely scrimming on. Uh, we know the Vancouver Titans are having a boot camp uh in uh, in Korea, so this is this is something that the players themselves will will already know to expect. Now, what does that uh, patch uh, entail? Well, it's the nurse we walk through: so Baptiste, May, Arissa, Hanzo, Doom, and the one buff for Diva, uh, who is essentially someone who never needs to touch the ground ever again. Hmm. Have you have you have you guys had a chance to to play with Diva with her uh, her booster uh, buff? Yeah, it's. It's pretty crazy, to be honest, especially like in low elo. Um, you can play elo. Yeah, we all are. I'm not like saying like my, <laughs> I, I placed gold in tank this uh, season. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I think she's the best uh, far counter now. Far mercy even. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. I'm not sure how much diva we'll see in Overwatch League. Maybe in in like uh, maps like Li Jung, where uh, Farah was very used a lot. Uh, but I'm all for uh, nerfing, uh, you know, May and then and, and Orissa and Baptiste. But it looks like if we are going in uh, 1.44, uh, the meta would, unless we find out something really crazy that works, it could be Sigma, Orissa, Hanzo, May, Baptiste, and Zenyatta. Um, a lot of rumors um, surrounding uh, Hammond that he's pretty nuts too, but we'll see. So have we really changed all that much since last year? Oh, significantly. Uh, so much. <laughs> Not a lot. Zenyatta is back, which is cool. Um, yeah, we were all demanding Zenyatta be back because that's yeah. a thing. I wish uh, we would see Anna and Zenyatta uh, again. Then you could see Yuri Jehong and Twilight share the stage, but uh, not yet. Mm-hmm. The other things that uh, patch 1.44 brought us. Uh, so there's now party flex for roll queue. This is a, a feature that I think should have been probably part of roll queue originally. For those that don't understand this, if you're in a party, 
prior to 1.44, you got to pick one hero. You were locked to that hero. So think of how uh, when the Titans walked out on the stage, you know, Bumper was the main tank. Bumper didn't come out and say, hey, I'm going to play any of these three roles and then get randomly put into a seat. No, he was main tank. So that's what we got with, with Roll Queue. The problem is that introduced issues where you had sort of a slightly larger group running into to queue lengths. So now you just pick all three if you're, you don't really care. And that's what I found. Like I was in a group of six and all of us picked all three, except for the one guy who truly didn't want to do support. And we, you know, we were getting in game relatively quick. So I, I like uh, that feature. I, I find that I get damage when I don't want it. It just seems to be like the actual, you know, Q knows when I don't want damage, but uh, I, I like the, the addition there. And any other uh, component that came out of 144 that uh, I thought was worth mentioning is that the Lunar New Year event is now live, where you get skins, sprays, they've got the weekly challenges, and a new mode that uh, is custom-built for Sigma to win Blitz Capture the Flag. I haven't tried that one yet. Well, first of all, uh, have you guys seen what Sigma can do in Blitz Capture the Flag? No. Nope. No. So... First of all, Blitz CTF is where the uh, uh, essentially flags are at the overtime distance. So they're, you know, within melee distance of each other, it seems. Now, when Capture the Flag first got introduced, uh, you know, the dev team did take into consideration that that turned Lucio into a must pick because of the ability to pick up the flag and get away so quick or far pick it up and fly away with it. And so they started to go and restrict all of the different ways or, or mechanics that allowed certain players to escape carrying the flag. I guess they forgot about Sigma because what can Sigma do when he pops his ult? Fly. Oh yeah. Not only can he fly, he can cause everyone else to CC. And so in, in blitz CTF, (laughs) the amount of time it takes for him to pick up the flag, pop his Q instantly just CC everyone and then float away (laughs) And in land, it's the exact <laughs> same distance that the two flags are apart. Oh, no, they broke CTF meta. Uh. <laughs> and, and it's they have like a, a competitive... Sorry out there for uh, people who are really passionate about CTF. I'm truly sorry. No, and that's the, there are people who are... And yeah, I, don't I don't know, know if that. it's been hot fixed yet. I haven't paid attention because I don't play CTF unless there's an incentive for me to. And I would never play Sigma. But uh, the other thing, uh, you guys seen the uh, 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 Junkrat uh, intro? No. So no. He's, junk, Junkrat has stuffed his himself so full of dumplings, it looks like he's going to puke. <laughs> We're going to go in and see that right now. Is that like a new it, one for this? Yeah, this brand season? new for this season. But it's, it is like next level. Wow, they went there. Mm. Huh. Interesting. I'm going to load it up right now and uh, do a live reaction. <laughs> Let's see. Junkrat. Uh, highlight intro. Feast. Oh, that. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. What are those Sweet. sounds? That matches now his uh, buddy's uh, highlight yeah. intro, right? For, uh, yeah, well, Roadhog. Roadhog is just passing out because he's in a food coma. Yeah, uh, yeah, Junkrat yeah. is going to go and blow chunks into a Dixie cup <laughs> because he's not Roadhog. So, you know, there's, there's all the, you know, normal stuff that we're accustomed to seeing within, within events. I'm not going to go through it all. Um, you can find that out on uh, the uh, Overwatch uh, uh, website, playoverwatch.com. 
Now, there is one topic we haven't discussed so far, which pertains to possibly the Overwatch League, possibly to Overwatch, but it's the hottest rumor that is, as of recording, not yet true. Hero bands. So how this sort of all came to be is there's been sort of, you know, scuttlebutt and and uh, rumors that have been floating around. And then uh, Imong uh, goes and, and, and creates some content where he essentially says, hey, you know, I, I can, I know there's things, I think there's things, I've told you in the past when things might be things, and I got those things right. And it sort of got people thinking what things was he thinking about. And <laughs> hero bands is what's come from it. And there's enough smoke about hero bands from enough what I would say are credible-ish sources mm -hmm. that has me thinking a hero band could be what's next. Now, a hero band in the, the, the Overwatch League, I actually wonder how well it would execute and what the reason would be to introduce it in the game. Now, I, I get that there are a variety of reasons, but if I'm an Overwatch League team, I'm going to go and use hero band not to try to screw with the meta, I'm going to use it to inflict the most punishment that I can on my opponent in such a manner that doesn't hurt me too much. Now, our belief is if hero bans were instituted is each team would get the ability to ban a particular hero, and if that hero is banned, that hero cannot be played in that match by either side. So it's not like you'd go and ban Reinhardt and, ah, we got him. No, Reinhardt would be gone, and that would be just a dumb decision because Reinhardt is a solution for all problems. But I still myself feel if they introduce hero bands under the belief that, oh, it'll it'll make the game more dynamic and it, it sort of kind of makes it meta-proof where we're not just seeing, you know, goats. I don't see how this ends mere comp. You might get the odd team, but ultimately, let's put the shock up against the Titans. Quite frankly, they probably each ban a hero that might inflict the most pain, but they then probably still trot out the same mirror composition that we would have seen them, you know, trot out all season last year. So I, I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts? First of all, the hero bans are going to happen, and two, why? Why would they be beneficial to the game as we know it today? Personally, I'm for it because I don't like stagnation and I'm a, a big sucker for anything that's new and shiny, even though it might hurt me in the future. <laughs> and I approach Overwatch the same way. Anytime a new hero or a new patch comes out, I'm I'm really, really uh, excited to see how how it will affect my gameplay and how it will affect, uh, you know, the, the pro scene. So I'm for it. And I do think that you're right. Uh, but I also think there is um, some sort of uh, a, not not a whole solution, but I think it will cause some diversity in the meta. It won't stagnate as much because there. I, I agree that it won't be as surprising as people might think, but I think there'll be like a, another meta on top of the meta, uh, a hero band meta where you 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 kind of predict what what uh, uh, a few. Um, bands would be in, in certain maps so i'm for it and there's another so the rumor that you discussed there's something that emong shared on his stream that like the overwatch devs he was like winking at his side camera which is really really funny if you get to see the 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 um, uh, twitch um clip so apparently there's something that's coming within uh, less than two weeks that might not be uh, hero band something different that might actually uh, like shake up the game a little bit uh, probably will come out on a Wednesday so maybe tomorrow or next week 
but yeah, I'm I'm for it. I like the idea of of hero bands. I'm not sure how they're going to incorporate it. Will it be just one, or it will be like the same man for both teams? It'll be just between uh, uh, different maps. But yeah, I'm for it. I don't see really a drawback in this. I don't see how it makes the game worse. Only like some sort of uh, uh, spice that's added on top of it. Do you guys remember in the in the I, I can't remember what it was called. Like there was like an all star mode when like you could you had to play three rounds and then once you picked the player you can like it would and and if presuming you won that round you can't use that player again it'd get banned and oh lockout yeah it's hero lockout yeah lockout something like that so so like that that was kind of what I was trying to imagine running through my head instead but instead of it being auto locked out like I'm presuming like if someone pops off on Anna and then you know, the strat would be to, you know, lock them out of Anna or, you know, so, so there's, there's some elements that are similar, but of course it's not, it's not a perfect analogy. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I think I'm leaning towards being against it, but I'm not completely sold. The main thing for me is, is there's a couple of things going through my head. I know, I think we chatted offline that that league did a, did a hero ban and it was quite successful and quite interesting, but league also has like a hundred characters. Um, so the general kind of consensus that I've feel in, in what I've, you know, limited amount I've read is, is that there's just not enough characters for there to be for hero band to be all that interesting. Like Omni just mentioned, I feel like we will get to a point where the, the band picks are, are predictable. Um, and then it just becomes lipstick on a pig. It's like, I, I don't truly understand what what is what is blizzard hoping to solve by implementing like what is the core problem that they're trying to solve with the the hero band well it it might be predictable if you see a team like nyxl or shock or titans play but what happens when a team like the valiant play the shock then we might see something different in play right uh it'll be kind of like a trump card or something that might be used to uh, put a wrench in in your plans, right? So, yeah, it's something that we they can look into, and I'm not sure if they're going to incorporate it in the game itself because it's I don't know. We'll see, uh, but I don't see a reason why they won't uh, do it. I, I guess because like if you're looking to create engagement and you want to to appeal to to either keeping your existing fans or trying to get new fans, and that's the objective. Like, I don't really see how this achieves that because at the end of the day, I want the gameplay to be what attracts people to, to watch it, right? Like, let's say, let's say NYXL do a great ban on the Titans or, or whatever. Um, who are we giving daps to? Like, like the coach? Like, oh yeah, great coaching move there. You really stopped Haxel from popping off on Doom because he was just going nuts. Like, is that, is that, or do, would I rather see Haxel keep crushing it on Doom because he's playing brilliantly or do you want to see that shut down by by an off-screen uh coaching move like i i, I don't i i don't want to completely criticize it because i guess i haven't really seen it in action but i just don't know how that produces an end result that shows me the best players playing their best heroes producing the best overall kind of viewing experience the the thing I, I think they're trying to do is to create ver- the variety that people want, right? Like it's like, oh, by introducing this, we're, we're adding variables that 
prevent teams from running out, you know, the mirror comp, which is what took away, I think, the experience for, for many. Um, you know, you, how many people didn't like goats? They say, oh, it's boring. It's predictable. I don't think it was so much that goats itself was boring and predictable. It was the yeah. fact that the two teams rolled out the exact same yeah. you know, compliment. People... They popped their alts at the exact same time. And it was the mirror. I don't think the hero ban solves the mirror, but I'm not against the idea that they're trying to go and, and establish the variety. Maybe not as, as harsh on it thinking, yeah. that, Oh, it's a coaching decision taken away from a playing experience. I actually think it, it, almost requires teams to ensure that the six that show up on stage yeah. have have a solid plan B. And it's not just the mirror. It's also the stagnation of, a stagnation of metas because even like metas that were considered to be so entertaining, like dive after five, six months, they get, they get old. You want to see something new. You, you start missing heroes that you haven't seen in a while. Like even like the silly uh, Reaper stage that we had at stage four, everybody was happy to actually see Reaper being played by these top tier talents, right? Uh, but after a while, after a, a few stages or a couple of months now, it gets boring. I guess that's that's a different opinion because I just want to see Shadowburn chop things on Genji. Like I don't well, care. You gotta, if I you it gotta a build times, a, right? a time machine to see that. No, well, you you know, you know what I mean, right? Like I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I guess where where I am as a fan, I'd prefer specialty over flexibility. Like I don't right. care that Shadowburn can play Zarya and Genji and Soldier and right. and and he's showing his talents as a flexible character and can dominate on all levels. I just want to see him chop heads. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I. So uh, that's the thing, though. Let's say they, they don't have hero ban. Are you going to see him chop heads? I don't know. I think that's a problem with the core functionality of the game that isn't solved. It goes back to my lipstick on a pig analogy. Exactly. And I, I think is where I sort of, I, I suggest that the hero ban is them trying to do what you're asking, but I don't think it's going to accomplish in execution. Um, organizations will find the meta. And one of the struggles with a game such as Overwatch is once the meta is established, teams are then building everything they have around it. Now, there are a few outliers. Uh, I mean, you look at the the way the Hunters approached last season. They accepted that maybe the meta was never going to be their strength. So they embraced the diversity that we sort of saw, you know, match in, match out. Then you had a soul who embraced that, well, we're not entirely sure who we got that can do what that can be done. So we're going to have rosters A, B, C, and E. And we're going to roll people out. Like that was sort of what you started to see teams do. But ultimately, you know, meta is most efficient tactics available. And that'll always be something that will be discovered and in turn exploited until a new meta is established. Activision Blizzard, or, you know, the development team for Blizzard, at least, has shown a tendency to try to balance the meta out. Right. But the problem is balancing the meta out doesn't take meta out of the vernacular of the title, it's just simply adjusting the picks that fit into the, the six that are there. Did uh, you just properly define meta? I'm an old man. I do research. I did not know this. <laughs> I am shocked right now. Hey, there's, there's, there are things that I know. I'm an old man. I've been around a long time. I know to say pwn and I know that meta is most efficient tactics available. Holy crap. 
Yeah, and, and like the, when we talk about Blizzard and we look at their track track record, despite of what the naysayers and haters would say, they do listen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, pros and a lot of like content creators were echoing this notion of a hero ban might save Overwatch for for a while. And while it takes them time, they they do uh, they do come around and, and try things. They're not afraid of, of trying things. It just takes them very, very long time. And now with Overwatch 2 coming up, it takes a while, right? Because a lot of resources are going uh, in, in, in a way to that other game coming up. So th- it might be coming in, yeah. Were you Googling that, uh, Sam? No, I had myself on meta. Meta is like oh, something wait. that's coming from within, like make metaphysics or... Well, no, no, but like in, in the gaming, in the gaming sense, I heard someone typing away. So I'm like, is someone trying to prove Chris's definition wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, don't work that hard. <laughs> so hero bands, might they happen? If they do, it'll be on a Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> or today, if you're on a Wednesday. <laughs> so as we wrap up our episode here, we got ourselves a review. Now, some backstory here. The review came in just after our last episode and Omni has pretty much on a daily basis said, Oh my goodness, we got a review. We got to read it. We got a review. We got to read it, which is my pledge. If you review our podcast, <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise, I will read it verbatim with the asterisk of ensuring that I don't have to go and bleep the, the actual review out. So we got one. It's time for me to read. Uh, we got a review from Dr. Evan 23 gave us five out of five stars titled a Vancouver fighting. Been looking to get back into podcasts, and I am a big fan of the force of nature. Looking forward to hearing more info about the team throughout the season. Well, Dr. Evan23, thank you for that five out of five star review. Thank you for for sharing it with us. And and I, I need to thank Omni for reminding me every single day that we needed to read it. I'll remind <laughs> you tomorrow again. <laughs> we are also looking forward to hearing more news about the team. Yeah. yeah, but that'll come out on a Wednesday. Um, if you want to be like Dr. Evan23 and leave us a review, one of the easiest ways that you can do that is in the application at which you use to listen to our podcast. There's quite likely a means to to drop a review. Not everyone has uh, the option to give like a qualitative review where I can read it out. I know like iTunes has one. Um, Podchaser is another platform. So the easiest way to drop a review for the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash ready set home you can do that on any device that you're on and what it will do is identify your device type and say here are the places that you can go to actually provide a rating now if it is a one out of five star review and you're like hey chris can't say the word pwn correctly that's okay i will read that out all i want you as our listeners and our community to do is just to let us know you know how the podcast happens to be uh, what you enjoy the most out of it I also want to hear that Reinhardt is the solution to every problem in the game. Really? We need to bring back uh, 6v6 Reinhardt. That's just what this game should all be about. (laughs) Now, if you'd like to leave a more elaborate audio review, there are two different ways to go and do that. You can go to voicelink.fm slash readysetpwn. You can record directly from whatever device you happen to be on, your computer, your mobile phone, your tablet, whatever it happens to be. I will do my best to include the audio clip in the next episode, having received it. I I can't guarantee it will come through if it's not like the audio is cutting in and out. If you happen to be on like the Canada line and 
you know, all I hear is, you know, noise and that the next station is uh, Broadway City Hall. That makes it a little more difficult. So, you know, I will do my best to include it. And then as well, if you want to go old school, uh, you can either send us a text message or a voicemail at uh, country code one, area code 604-409-3324. That's 1-604-409-3324. And no, we don't get faxes yet. <laughs> yet. Maybe the next Staples sale. Maybe. Maybe if they give me a good deal. Hey, okay. I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit here. Completely unrelated to Vancouver Titans. Staples, I ordered something online and their system apparently canceled the order on me, but didn't actually notify me. So here I am waiting for like two weeks and I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, sorry, it got canceled. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you have it in stock. You'll send it to me. No, no, the price is over. I'm like, what so, are you talking about? Like, um, you know, this makes no sense. So they ended up honoring the price, but they couldn't honor the coupon code that I had that got like an extra 20% off. So to make up for the difference, they sent me a gift card to Staples. And I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. Did you know you can't use Staples gift cards on staples.com? If we do get ever sponsored by Staples, we should accept uh, homing pigeon reviews as well. (laughs) It just blew my mind that they would, for an online order, send me a gift card that I can't use online. And do not get the office furniture store slash stationery confused with the Overwatch jersey brand. Yeah, and <laughs> stationaries you get only from Arotsi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as thoroughly we, confused everybody. <laughs> yeah. As we wrap up this phenomenal episode that I'm going to title Suck Toe because you know what? <laughs> oh, no. I didn't do it last oh. week. That's but, clickbait, man. <laughs> man. And I thought I'd need the bleeping in this episode. Uh, Omni, what final words of wisdom do you have for our our, our listeners? Uh, just don't take anything a person who's shaved his eyebrows says seriously, ever. That That's sound advice. If, if someone out there disagrees, your name must be Sideshow. Uh, Sam? Don't take any ranking seriously except mine because I don't shave my eyebrows. <laughs> as far as rankings are concerned uh, make sure you tune into the ready set palm podcast Uh, we will be releasing ours soon trademark Uh, or as we call it soman soon we also will be collaborating uh, with another overwatch league podcast in the next couple of weeks uh, to give a preview of sorts about the vancouver titans as well as this other overwatch league team I'm not, I'm not letting any cats out of the bag quite yet, but uh, you'll want to stay tuned. Uh, as far as catching uh, that, uh, that information, you may have an opportunity to see us on video, which one could be a bad thing or two could be a very good thing. We'll only learn based on the number of people who actually engage. But for those of you who would rather not see us on video, I will ensure to include the audio of that segment in an upcoming episode can, as well. It can always turn off the screen. <laughs> yeah it's true turn your monitor off just make sure the speakers are on yeah yeah listen in but yeah we'll we'll be sharing more news as to to what that entails over the uh, next uh, weekish or so so the first place of all places to find out about anything to do with the podcast and team rsp is to ensure you're part of our discord uh discard.io slash ready set pwn 
uh, if you happen to be part of our RSP patronage group, they hear things first. There is actually stuff that I share with them that I don't share with anyone else. So, you know, it kind of is nice uh, to support the podcast. And it's a little something that we do in return to, uh, to reward those that do. So if you are curious in being part of our RSP patronage team, just go to patreon.com slash ready, set, home. So on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, Sam at another Sam channel, myself, Chris at Lightforce, going to sign off with those magical two words, not ashtray, catch phrase. Thank you.